Hi, everyone. Welcome to the MBA Insider Podcast. I am your host, Al D, and the author of MBA Insider. This podcast is for career-driven professionals looking for advice on how to grow their careers by leveraging the skills, experiences, and knowledge gained from an MBA degree. In each episode, I'll give you a look into the business school experience, along with practical tips, career advice, and real-life stories to help professionals grow their careers. Welcome to the MBA Insider Podcast. My name is Al D. I'm the host of the MBA Insider Podcast and the founder of MBAschool.com. Today, I'm excited and privileged to be joined by a few of my friends as well as supporters of MBA Insider to celebrate the one-year anniversary of the MBA Insider Podcast. It was exactly a year ago when I launched my first episode, and I wanted to bring on a number of people who have been on this journey with me, been featured on the podcast, and have just been supporters along the way. And I wanted to take some time to check in with them to see how they're doing, what they've been up to, and how this past year of 2020 to 2021 has gone for them and how an MBA has really impacted them. And I have with me a handful of guests who are here to talk about that. I have with me Brad Vonick, a Texas McComb MBA from the class of 2020, Jesse Gordon, a UNC Keenan Flagler MBA grad from the class of 2016, Ben Thayer, also a 2016 Keenan Flagler grad, and Jasmine, a Yale SOM grad from the class of 2019, and last but certainly not least, Lane Austin, a current UC Davis MBA student. All of these people have been such great supporters, and I'm excited to dig in and talk to them more about their past year and what they're looking forward to in the year ahead. Jesse, I want to start with you. So obviously, as the trite saying goes, 2020, 2021, a lot happened over the past year. But talk to me about your year and just what what's it been like? You've been on the podcast at least once and you've been involved in a lot of different ways. But talk to me just about how this past year has gone for you. Yeah, yeah, I think it definitely took a lot of I don't think I've ever learned so much as I have in the last year. And so I think most I guess You'll probably say this at some point on the podcast, but I worked for DeVita and when COVID happened, and I think I probably said this maybe last time we were on the podcast, but like I basically became operational overnight. Our patients have to receive dialysis treatment or they'll end up in the hospital. And so we, when everything started happening and during the surges and everything throughout this whole year, we've done everything we could to really keep our patients out of the hospital because we just don't want to burden a healthcare system that at a time when they when they don't need it. So anyway, I say all of that because it's been especially different being on the healthcare side of things during this last year. I think I've felt extremely fortunate to have a job, to be in a job where I feel like I'm helping our patients and we're I, I've learned so much between how we operationalize cohorting COVID positive patients to how do we distribute vaccines to teammates and patients when you just get twenty four hundred doses and you need them in arms by Friday, right? So it's been a wild ride, but I feel extremely fortunate to have the team that I work with and how much I've learned and I, I honestly can't believe we're sitting here a year out and we were talking about this a year ago. And I think I thought, I think I was like, oh, two months won't be that bad. And now we're sitting here and anyway, I'm now rambling, but yeah, it's been crazy, but I feel part of, I know I'm part of a really great team and we've done a lot of really good work for our patients. I'd be curious to know, what was it like to show up one day at work doing one job and then come back? <laughs> a couple of days later and being asked to do another. And then as a follow up to that, how did that transition go like after that? Yeah, great question. Yeah, I think for me, my personality and like the team I work with, it's like when it all happened, it was all hands on deck, figure out how you can help. And I just happened to be involved in some conversations about our patients that were in um, nursing homes, which if you were reading the news last year, like really controversial, really high rates of COVID, really scary for our patients. Anyway, so I was involved in that and then transportation. And I just started calling all these counties, trying to figure out how do we get our patients transported to their treatments. And I was like, didn't really ask for permission. I just kind of jumped in and did it because I knew we needed, you, you know, it needs to get done. I think it was appreciated. And I think it felt, I'm trying to think of how the best way to describe it is, but it felt like 
I had a purpose in all of this because I was still connected to what was going on in our clinics. And so I actually, I can't even imagine being a dialysis patient and trying to get to your treatment and someone saying, I can't transport you because I don't know if you've been around, who you've been around or right. And I think at the end of the day, I, I'm just grateful I was able to help out and we're every time we say we're back to normal the interesting part is I'm still involved in these random tangential projects and so I actually don't think my job will ever go quote unquote back to normal ever again yeah and I want to ask a similar question to to Brad I would love to know obviously you graduated in May of or June of 2020 and I know it's only been a year but I would just be curious to know what impact your MBA has already you know, had on your career and whether how you've applied it or how it's come in handy. I presume, obviously, no one expected COVID, but just would just love to know just what role it's played in helping you navigate this past year. The first one that comes to mind, and a lot of my friends would laugh when I say this, uh, is the networking piece. It's always been such a something that I've always seen the value in and have recognized. And business school just made you realize that there are that networking is not one-dimensional. And you talked about navigating a new job, navigating a new company. Visa is a very large company. It's not the largest out there, but it's still larger than any other company I had worked for before or felt that way. And the, the internal networking is just as important, just like when you're trying to understand the company you don't work at, it's equally valuable to have those conversations to understand what the different teams are and how the culture varies within teams within an organization. Obviously, being in a marketing role, there are different marketing organizations within Visa and they have different cultures and they operate different ways and the org structure is different. And all of that's really helpful to know whether you're thinking about career progression or just trying to better understand the business. And I think that's something that can go a long way with your own kind of exploration in terms of what you're interested in. Sure. Jasmine, I want to ask you just what it's been like to be a management consultant in a remote world and vir- entirely virtual world for the past year. I think it's certainly something that has been an aspect of some consultants' lives for, for a while. And, and I even remember working on some virtual projects in the past. But what's it been like being entirely virtual all the time, particularly knowing that Part, I think, of the allure or the uh, excitement of being a consultant is being able to be on site, to being able to develop those relationships with clients and to be able to prove that tangible impact in person. Yeah, it it has definitely been challenging. And I think in speaking with people, not only in my firm, but also classmates and people in my same cohort across different firms, I think it's rather ubiquitous in the industry, actually, that it's been a challenge. I think People are drawn to consulting for its collaborative nature. It's a super people-driven business. We work in very small teams where we interface with our clients. And this isn't even unique to consulting, but I just miss all of the grabbing coffee with my colleagues every morning. And you're not in a room like whiteboarding or discussing things. It's just not quite the same when it's virtual. Yeah, it's definitely been a challenge. I think that we've certainly over the last year, uh, myself and our teams at my firm, we've become more efficient or thoughtful about how we use virtual technology. For example, like in the beginning, maybe we were always on video and checking in frequently, but then we realized, you know, people need space and or people have different preferences for how they like to connect virtually. And so I feel like I've almost raised my like virtual work EQ or however you want to frame it in terms of just being flexible and empathetic and understanding of how people across all levels prefer to work virtually. I think in the beginning, certainly the challenge is that we were working long and sometimes longer hours, but there is there isn't that divide between work and home as opposed to hopping on a plane or even like commuting to the office. Instead, you just you're on your laptop sitting in your kitchen or in your home office into the wee hours of the morning sometimes. And and then there's that lack of separation. So that's certainly been the most challenging for me personally is just how to figure out how to create more sustainability and balance. Something I try to do is take as many like walking meetings as I can. So like going outside and like walking around the block, which is like a perfect I'm on like a big block, like a 20 to 30 minute call can just be like a walk for me. So there's like little things like that help to make it more manageable, but 
it, it is still challenging. I just want to recognize that. And then I think a lot of people are still trying to figure out how to make that sustainable and for themselves in the long run. Al, I can't hear you. <laughs> so I want to turn it over to Brad for a second. And Brad, I think this time last year, you had your MBA in COVID and navigating that first wave of it. You certainly graduated. You, I think at that point, didn't have a job, which is super normal. Plenty of people do that. But certainly there is a little bit more uncertainty because we never had COVID and no one had ever graduated with a job without a job during COVID because that's just the, the newness of it all. But fast forward uh, a year later, gainfully employed still, doing great right there in Austin. But talk to me a little bit about what was it like to graduate, find a job, onboard into a job, and then here we are a year later. How has your year gone? How has your year been? Yeah. So while I did get a job after graduation, I got the job the day after graduation. So just to clarify for the record, it, the onboarding was similar to everyone else in the sense that it was all virtual. But where it was different was that while Austin has a pretty big office for Visa, most of the colleagues I was working with are in the, in the UK or in London. And many of them are in San Francisco and in Utah and other places. So for me, the tough thing wasn't necessarily missing a training session at the headquarters and meeting other new hires. It was meeting so many people that I should be seeing day to day, or at least in, for the London folks, seeing every other month. So the onboarding was just a, a different type of experience. And I was moving at the same time. So I'm also building my workspace. So I think in that regard, a lot of it was, how are you changing multiple aspects of your life at the same time? And how you almost have to take a design thinking approach of how are you building the best environment for you? A lot Changing a lot of variables at once is usually not seen as a good thing, but sometimes they can complement each other nicely. So that's from an onboarding perspective I tried to take. But as it relates to the past year, it's just been very interesting. I work in payments, which everyone's been impacted by COVID as a business. But when you think about the payment landscape and the digital ecosystem and how much that has been changing, it's been pretty intriguing environment to be a part of. And when it comes to business school and my role in particular, so much of marketing in a post-MBA world is that balance of strategy and execution. And I think a lot of marketers come into their role after school and they think all they're going to do is strategy and any sort of execution work is a slap to the face. And I think what was a learning experience for me is that marketing always has certain pieces that you need to see things to the finish. And, and it's all about balancing those different types and, and also how are you growing both sets of skills because they are both different with overlap, if that makes sense. I would love to know, Jasmine, how have you been able to find ways to either you know strengthen or build relationships with your colleagues and whatnot, either for the purposes of being able to work together collaboratively on a project or just for just generally just ways of strengthening relationships for your own kind of professional development or just general well-being and whatnot, particularly because I think those are just so critical in a consulting in a consulting job. Yeah, great question. This isn't a unique answer, but I think for me, I, I have to be super intentional about setting time up with people and, and not making it a formal thing, like not calling it like a virtual coffee. I feel like there's so much fatigue around even that term, but just still check in with folks, especially I, I'm thinking about the junior people on my team where it's their first job often and it's even more challenging, right? When they're trying to navigate the workplace and a demanding job in itself. So just Check, trying to check in with individuals, asking them how they're doing outside of work. It's it, certainly in the last year, not just the pandemic, but also events of racial injustice, some that are even super recent this week, and just checking in on people, how they're doing emotionally, mentally, and then also just asking them those questions about how they're feeling about their careers as well and the work. But I like to bring that personal component in because I think it, it's easy for the work to feel more transactional when you don't have those 
natural embedded in-person interactions that are threaded throughout a day naturally when we're in the office or driving around the sites or, or things of that nature. And I've also seen from some senior leaders at my firm who just model it really well, where whenever they we kick off a team meeting, um, not diving straight into the work right away, but just asking people like, oh, how was your weekend? Um, how's everyone doing? Just want to level set on how people are given events from this week or just being very thoughtful about asking those questions. And the team I'm on currently, our, our partner, she's been like wonderful, actually. And just like making it feel very human and recognizing that this is a job and we have lives going out outside of it. And I, I would like to think, I hope as I grow more senior in my career, that I emulate those senior leaders who are really good at that, because I will say it's not always the case. So it's super important to remember that what might seem small actually does have a really positive impact on people within teams, especially when we're working in this difficult remote environment. Sure. The two things, Jasmine, that stuck out to me, I think number one is that sometimes, particularly when working with or reaching out to junior practitioners, those conversations do more for me sometimes than maybe they do for them selfishly. And it just hopefully gives a sense of just belonging and meaning beyond just like obviously trying to be helpful. But to the other point that you made, I do think little things can go a long way and they add up and compound. And I think that particularly when leaders do them, um, it sets the direction and it also gives people permission to model them and in, in, in as well. And so I think even though they may seem small, I think they can have very long, impactful effects in a positive way. Jesse, I wanted to go back to you for a second. I would love to maybe know from you, just given how um, much your job changed in a very short amount of time. And as you pointed out, every time you thought you got to like a quote unquote new normal, there's more things that you had to pick up or do. I would love to know just how has your own kind of mindset or thought process evolved this year around just general, just career development and career planning uh, or has it, or, or what are your kind of thoughts on that? Oh, wow. I, to what you were talking about earlier is I think DeVito has done a very good job of not, of not ignoring those conversations throughout the last year. And I think it could have been super easy to, especially as we're a healthcare provider dealing with COVID, all of those things. But my, my boss, my mentors have been having those conversations with me about what's my journey going to be at DeVito? What's my, what's my path here? And it's been I, I honestly like, and I think what you said, Jasmine is so on point is I don't think everyone has that skill to start a meeting of just being like, how was everyone's weekends? What'd you do? And even like when senior leaders remember something and say, I got a dog in COVID, people will be like, Jesse, how's Rufus, right? That stuff is really meaningful. And it's really amazing to model that behavior. And so similarly, I think too, with the conversations about development is it could have been very easy to not have those this past 12 months, given everything that was going on. And, and we did. And so I think how it's changed um, my thinking is how the team that I am on and how I've really felt that throughout the 12 past 12 months, I've really found my place within DeVita and see the see I could see myself staying for quite a long time. And so I guess like in terms of development, just constantly in conversation, I think my boss is really good about this, but he's very transparent about here are the opportunities I want you to have. Here are the people I need you to meet with, right? Here are the things that you need to do to get to the next level. And so we're constantly having those. Davida kind of changed its model. We used to do like these annual reviews and stuff. And now I think, which is, I think probably common in a lot of places is we're having these conversations on a quarterly basis. It's very ongoing. It's always, development is always happening. And so for that, I think I've just learned a lot and been able to actually do more and progress further, if that makes sense, just because I'm constantly getting that feedback loop, which I think is really helpful. Yeah. And I think what I, I, I've witnessed as well is just what you said in terms of things moving to more of a continuous model. And I think that makes a ton of sense. And I, but I also think what it does is that particularly unlike you, if you don't have a good boss or if you don't have a boss who's keeping it top of mind, it just, I think it just, it forces you to, to prioritize it and to be the one to, to, to bring it front and center. If it's not like in your case where it is being brought front and center on that note, though, you did mention you did get a dog. 
uh, and and I love it personally. I'm a big fan. But talk to me just about the rest of how this year has been, just in terms of clearly a lot of changes, both personally and professionally. But like, what has it been like to try to form some semblance of a, yeah. a life? It's yeah. been really interesting. I've probably said this before, but I am on definitely the extreme of the extroversion scale. I get my energy from people. I like. Oh my gosh, I love people. So what you're saying, Jasmine, I should probably be a little bit more aware that not everyone loves Zoom and seeing each other all the time because I'm always for it, um, unless I haven't brushed my hair that day. But I think Zoom became this way of reconnecting with people from my past and from other like places in my life, not just people in DC, but even this is so random, but I have a Marco Polo, the app with a bunch of my friends from home. And honestly, I think it has been one of the best things about the last year is just constantly knowing, even if it doesn't matter, like one of my friends is renovating her home. And so it's so fun to see what's going on and all the updates and things like that. I got a dog I, that gets me outside more. It makes me walk more. It makes me, now I have this dog park crew. You find the things that you love. It's so interesting that you can still get energy from all of these people that you love, even if they're not in the same room as you. And technology is something that I'm extremely grateful for this past year. I haven't seen my parents in almost over a year. And I'm very, they're both vaccinated now and I am too. And so I am so excited to see them in May and it's going to be awesome. So I just think it makes you really cherish those people in your life that mean the most to you who've gotten you through this. And I would say from a professional perspective is, holy smokes, I've worked a lot this year, but I'm so glad I like the people I work with. And I think I've talked about before, of like, if a place isn't doing something for you and giving you what you need in your career and your development, then I think leave. And so I, I do feel for the people who have felt stuck in their careers this past year, because the economy, you just so many people were without jobs or looking or didn't know if it was safe to look for a job. So I'm really glad that we're on the upswing of things because I think from like a, I'll be curious to see what happens from a like professional perspective of have people been holding on to jobs and are they going to start leaving now that people are starting to see the light at the end of the tunnel? I think that will be really interesting. Jasmine, I'd love to hear from you on a similar topic. And you've also had a busy year and not to spoil too much, but you also did get engaged this year. So that's super, super exciting as well. But yeah, how has... How have you tried to manage your own life in addition, very much like Jesse, working a pretty demanding job with lots of things going on? Yeah, I, I know that earlier I, I, I touched a lot on the challenges of having a demanding job during COVID, but I, I will say that I'm I'm very blessed in other areas of my life. My fiance, Stephen, and I, as you mentioned, we got we had a COVID engagement last summer. It was socially distanced on swan boats at a lake. So it was very lovely. But yeah, I think that's actually been one of the blessings in the sense that pre-COVID, we actually didn't have very much time together. So I was always traveling. We were also long distance when I was getting my MBA and long distance as in like on opposite coasts and 12-hour commutes each way. So it's... We have never spent this much time together and, and it's been like a true blessing to just be able to see each other all and really have quality time with each other, even though maybe a lot of it, I'm like sitting on my desk on my laptop and he's in the same room, but I'm sure many folks can relate to that setup. Also similar to Jesse, so we adopted two cats this year, Miso and Mango. I did lock them in a room for this podcast week, otherwise they would crawl all over my laptop. I don't know why cats are so obsessed with laptops and I guess to do with, I think I was reading, like they like to mirror their humans. So they'll just to be near, near a laptop and they're like, why is she always on that computer? Like all the time. So they've, they've. Yeah. And as a follow up to that, Jasmine, I know it's definitely been a challenging year, but we'd love to know what's your win for the year. What are you, what's the win for, for this past year for you? Oh, man. Oh, that's a hard question. Honestly, I feel like the win is like holistic in the sense that I've been able to maintain a healthy relationship with my partner, even, you know, if I'm working crazy hours, still being able to, to some degree, produce quality work, even under such stressful circumstances. I've also started working out more at home. Like, ironically, I feel like pre-pandemic, I was less focused on my physical health. But Maybe because it's, this is going to sound strange, but it's like when you can't go to the gym and you can't 
do those things, it like forces you to think of alternatives. So I've actually been more intentional about like fitness. I am not perfect by any means. And there are days I don't move from the couch or my desk, but I think I've been more thoughtful about that too. So I, I wish I had a concrete one thing to say, oh, this is my win. But honestly, I feel like it's just keeping afloat <laughs> in the last year, mostly maintaining my mental health. Uh, it's certainly been, have been very hard weeks and even like stretches, but I would say that's a win and what's been just like a, a year that none of us could have predicted would have been the way it played out. Sure. Uh, Jesse, I want to go back to you. What What is your win for the year? Oh my gosh. Um, I think if you had told me at the beginning of the pandemic that I'd be in my house for 12 months, over 12, more than 12 months, I would have been like, like, I won't survive that. I really don't think I would have thought I would be okay, mentally, physically, all of the above. But I think looking back on it, I'm, this is like a little weird to say, but I think I'm just really proud of myself of the things I did to even just keep myself entertained. And yes, of course, I binged so much freaking Netflix. It's insane. But I also like tried to take up woodworking and I did a bunch of house projects and I uh, read more books this year. I did more Peloton than before, right? Like I think those small wins adding up into the fact that we got through this and understanding and being grateful for that because there are a lot of people who didn't. And I think too, being in DC, seeing the city that I love so much go through a lot of insanity in the last four or five months. I, I think seeing right now, like spring is coming and people are so excited about these vaccines and the fact that I'm going to get to hug my parents and meet my niece for the first time is like the biggest one of all and seeing my city get excited again and be fun again. So I'm excited for when everyone gets to come visit DC again, because it's a fun place again, I promise. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So Jesse, you have the incredible dubious honor of this being your five year anniversary from business school from UNC Keenan Flagler. Talk to me more about that. How are you feeling about it? What's it feel? Yeah. What does it feel like? What did you think it was going to be like what versus what is it in reality? Yeah. Oh gosh. What did I think five years from business school I'd be doing when we graduated? I have no idea. I bet you, I don't think I would have thought I'd still be in DC. I think I would have thought I would have moved by now or something. Or I think I've just gone through so much in five years that I am just so much more sure of who I am and what I want. And which is interesting to say, because I've always been a confident person, but just like the learnings of relationships, both personal and professional have brought me to this place of, I know what I need out of a, out of a professional, like a job from a development perspective. I know what I need out of the people I work with. And I know what I need out of like my personal relationships. And maybe it was like turning 30 or something two years ago, but all of a sudden, it's been easier to be like, I don't need that in my life if it's toxic or negative or not good for me. And oh my gosh, five years out of business school, it's crazy to think about, but I I honestly can't believe it. And I'm excited for the day we can all go to the reunion in person. But yeah, what did you think of yours? I don't know how you're supposed to feel five years out, but I'm still grateful I did it. And I think one thing I've seen in this pandemic is virtual work is going to be a thing of our future. And I think having an advanced degree like an MBA just makes you like so marketable in some of these jobs and opens the doors to so many new opportunities because so many places are going to say, you don't need to be in this place to work for this job anymore. I'm so grateful I did it and love the experience and can't believe that five sure. years ago. <laughs> I know. Well, I know. I so as I think I had my five year last year, and certainly it definitely creeps up on you for sure. And I also think that I have, to your the point you made, I have seen a lot of my classmates or people in my network in some cases being forced to, or in some cases choosing to change careers, which. Obviously, was that's not new per se, but I think the forced thing was a real it has been a real thing over the past year, just in terms of specific industries, and certainly I think in many cases having an MBA helps in in a lot of different ways in terms of obviously the skills, but also in terms of the network. So I think you're right in that respect. And then yeah, I think I don't know what your thoughts on this are, but one of the things that I thought about a lot last year, even though there was a lot of obviously chaos going on and a lot of uncertainty, is that I think for the first time in my career, at least, 
I was really able to put aside thinking about the paths that other people who were doing great things were taking because I was actually more really focused on what path I was actually taking. And I don't know, like, it, there's always going to be a little bit of, compa- you know, compare and despair. But I, it was really the first time where I wasn't as I, I was able to quiet that a little bit more than perhaps in the past. And I'd see your point, like, I don't know if it's just wisdom through age, or just like you reach a certain point, and it just matters less or what it was. But that was something that I felt last year at the five year mark and something I f- still feel even maybe even more so this year. Yeah. Yeah, it's so interesting. I think there are so many things that I thought now that you triggered a thought in my mind, but there are so many things I thought I would care about five years ago that I super don't right now. <laughs> and like that, take that as that could be people, that could be things. I don't know, but I have the people in my life that I care about. I'm still extremely close with a ton of people from business school. And so those relationships have been so awesome. And yeah, that net- network is pretty amazing. Yeah. And Jasmine, going to go back to you for a second. I'd be curious to know if there's anything that you've picked up over the past year or anything that's happened over the past year that you're actually excited about to maybe take with you moving forward. None of us really wanted this, but there probably were some good things that came out of it. So just wondering if there's anything in your mind that you're happy to take with you moving forward. Ooh, that's a great question. Because I feel like we're always thinking of the flip, which are all the things we're looking forward to when we go back to in person. I think the intentionality around carving out routines that do help to make work more sustainable is certainly something that I want to take forward, even if the way in which we work looks different, whether it's some hybrid thing where we in and out of the office a certain amount each week or it come goes back to some semblance of normal. I, I feel like I learned so much about h- how I work when it's really just yourself at home and you kind of have to create that space for yourself literally and figuratively to be productive and mentally strong for very long periods of time. And I think going back to a point I made earlier, like continuing to still reach out to people intentionally. But I gosh, I'm just looking forward to seeing people again. Like I miss humans. <laughs> I miss like other people and just those more casual interactions where you don't have to like ping someone and call them to to have a chat, but just to be able to swing by and see folks. Um, I know that's not what you asked, but I really am looking forward to that. And I think, I know this isn't a question you asked, but it has crystallized for myself, like what I do want out of work. And it did make me realize how much those interactions do matter, where I actually don't think I would want a remote only job ever, like in the future. If hopefully, hopefully like the pandemic improves and that's, you know, not the case for me, but I, I do think I, I need some sort of in-person interaction or some level of it to feel fulfilled in what I do. And it made my priorities and the dimensions I look for in a job clearer in my mind. Yeah. So I want to turn it back to Brad for a second and ask, you know, a similar question. What do you think, what's maybe something that you had to adapt to that you would be okay with just continuing on with versus maybe reverting you know, back to pre-COVID, if you will. It's nice to get up shortly before a phone call and change your clothes a little bit and bring breakfast to your desk. But I think that's a great question, Al. One one piece that I actually really enjoyed and I've started to do a lot more is, and, and someone taught, told me about this and I thought it was great, is cutting every minute sh- or every meeting short by five minutes. So a half an hour meeting that you're scheduling, set it for 25 minutes, allow the five minute break for the bathroom or just a refresher or take your eyes off the computer and looking out the window. And I think that's something that should have been in the first place for in-person meetings when it takes five minutes to get from one conference room to the next, but it allows the time for the small talk if needed. It allows the time for the breaks if needed. And there's basically every meeting that can be done in 30 minutes can be done in 25. And I think that's really what it comes down to at the end of the day. Lane, first off, I thank you again, as always for supporting me in all my endeavors, but you started your MBA this year, but take me back to maybe a year ago was, were you still thinking of going to business school at the time or what was going on in your mind as everything was unfolding? And how were you thinking about this new, this endeavor in your mind of getting an MBA degree? Great question. 
It's surprisingly challenging. Let me, I gotta think about it. Okay, so March, 2020, I was still in the application process because I remember I was the first candidate that the school interviewed virtually. And so a big chunk of the beginning of the interview was, how is this working? Is everything okay? Can you hear me? And I was uh, commiserating because also my candidates that I talked to, we were transitioning into to a virtual environment. So to answer your question, yes, I was still in process, but near the finish line. It's so cliche to say now that we just thought it was going to be a few weeks. So left everything at the office, had a very temporary work from home setup to the point I, I used my great grandmother's rocking chair for my desk chair ensuing a lot of lower back pain until I got everything upgraded. But yeah, that was where I was a year ago, which is crazy to think about. Yeah, it really much changed. A lot has changed and I'm glad you got another chair and hopefully got rid of the back pain. But could you talk about the experience so far? You, like you said, you, when you were interviewing, you had an inkling of what the experience could be, but it's clearly morphed into something much more than that. And I know we were just commiserating because you just finished finals, but how has the, how, congratulations, how has the experience gone so far and what has it been like to get an MBA during COVID? Yeah, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. It's not what I paid for, not what I was looking forward to, but there are silver linings that I am leaning into. I do think it brought our cohort closer together. Like you mentioned, we just finished finals last weekend so relieved. And some of my my closest friends in the cohort so far, we all got on a Zoom together. And we just told each other how much we love each other. <laughs> and I think that's usually like a year two thing, but not a second quarter thing. So really accelerated that that appreciation, like we really have leaned on each other over the last few last few months. These are core courses that I'm taking right now. Some of them have been great. Some of them definitely not my cup of tea. So if I'm going to take any classes virtually, might as well take the classes that are not the ones I'm totally stoked about. And then once we are in person, fingers crossed, fall of 2021, we're going to be in my electives. And those are going to be the ones that I'm really interested in being in person. So that's definitely been um, something that I'm looking forward to. And we'll be able to appreciate that in-person experience a lot more. <laughs> if uh, Sure unless the the year went the way I was really expecting. Well, so what I heard from you there was some core classes were good. Others were not so good. Sure. <laughs> you got relatively close with your classmates. You told some of them that you loved them and appreciated them. And I'm going to throw it over to Ben because I feel like those are all things that happened during our business school too. Is that is that fair to say? Yeah, maybe that's not, pretty accurate. <laughs> maybe not in the same way. Maybe not in the same exact way or maybe not the same exact time, but those are all fairly real things that sort of do happen in an MBA experience, would you say? Yeah. And there's there can be an idea of an MBA experience as this this cookie cutter kind of thing, especially in the recruiting trail. MBAs have this this reputation of being all dark suits, red ties and uh, slim black dresses, business like business formal like automatons, robots. And I think the reality is the experience is different for everyone. Now, sure, Al, when you and I were in business school, we weren't confined to our apartments staring at Zoom eight hours a day. So the specifics for sure were different, but like we found ways to make it our own. Everybody did. Like every class had its own character. Every uh, class, co cohort, class, whatever you want to call it, had its own character. We had the, the gossip was always unique. I don't know. It was a good experience. And like it, like the, the friendships and the bonding was over a lot of the uniqueness and the character and the things that we all brought to the table that was different. Just by virtue of the people being different, you end up with a really unique experience. Yeah. Al, can I add to that? Please do. I think to, uh, in addition... The nature of 2020 made everyone's lives like this major transition point. And so all of us coming together in 2020, new jobs, new places to live, new relationships, like a lot has changed for a lot of people over the last six to 12 months that I think it's really accelerated those personal relationships the gossip is wildly different, I think, than if we were in person, because we're like, okay, where are you living now? What's going on? It's been, I think, that shared trauma 
part of, of bonding is something that I think I will look back and really appreciate. Yeah, sure. And it's absolutely a different experience in a lot of ways, for sure. Let's not take anything away from that. But it is amusing sometimes and interesting to see how how some things change, but they also stay the same. And Ben, one of the things you had mentioned, and would now that you've been out for a few years, I would love to just hear just about the friendships and relationships component of it. I think personally for me, you've always been someone who I've always uh, gone to and I've always appreciated your friendship over the years since we've graduated. But how have you maintained some of those friendships from business school, in particularly over just the past year, knowing that in some cases you couldn't see them in the same ways that maybe you would have before, or maybe not, because I think some of your, from what I remember, some of your classmates don't necessarily live where you live. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's a good question, Al. So I'll take one one little vignette. There's about, I don't know, six or seven guys. We've all got, we're all on a text, group text, and we chat every now and then about sports and whatever crazy things the market's doing. Or there's one guy in Texas. So when Texas had the, the um, snowmageddon, all the, the horrible blackouts, we were all chatting with him. So we keep up regularly. But we tried to make an effort once a year to get together. One year we did the Kentucky Bourbon Trail. We played golf another year, went to the beach another year. So we tried to focus on connecting annually, but with the pandemic, we set up a, a once a month poker game. So we'd get on Zoom, get on one of the, the poker platforms and play for a bunch of hours, tell, what do they call it? Fish stories <laughs> about uh, the old times and talk to each other. So it's good to catch up and we've just moved it to different platforms. And I'm sure we'll go play golf at somewhere near the beach or whatever in the future. But for now, we just adapt. I think one of the other aspects is that I moved to Atlanta a few months before the pandemic hit. I spent a lot of time in Raleigh. And I think after school, a lot of people left the Triangle. I went to UNC Keenan Flagler Business School, which is in Chapel Hill. And a lot of my classmates went to Atlanta. So when I moved down to Atlanta, it was fun because I started to reconnect with people. One of the, the my most favorite ways of reconnecting with classmates currently is they're all getting puppies. <laughs> and they're putting puppy pictures on Instagram. And so like... We message each other about the puppies and stuff so that in different ways. My wife is currently uh, looking for a job. And so I've definitely leaned on those relationships. Hey, can can you help me out with this connection? Whatever. So it's like time doesn't pass. The relationships are so strong from business school that it, it's really, it's nice to reconnect. It's nice to touch base. And it, I feel like even though it's been a long time for some of those connections, there's, it's not, there's nothing lost in the time. Yeah. Yeah. So Ben, I, as we were talking before, if, if I remember correctly, this will be your five-year MBA anniversary, if you will. So mm -hmm. congratulations on that coming up. And this is not to make you sound old. This is meant to commemorate <laughs> it. But what I would love to hear what your thoughts are on that, just in terms of, have you thought about that? Like any reflections or what are you thinking? I, I, and part of the reason why I asked this question is because I remember mine was just last year. And I remember one of the first thoughts when someone said something to me about that was, has it really been five five years? And I, I don't know if that was your experience or not, but just in general, what what are your thoughts on just being five years out from graduating from UNC? It's it's interesting. Five years is about the time where I've started to look at my career and say, do I want to do this for another five years? It's like, okay, the five year check the box, five year plan done. But it's it's not done. It's just like. I've opened new doors. So coming out of the MBA, there was a track and I went into consulting. I did that um, and I'm still doing that. And a lot of people make a pivot at some point out of consulting into industry. And I think I've gotten to the point where I'm, I enjoy this job. I, I love my job. I love the people I work with. I'm starting to get good at it. And there's still a ton to, for me to learn, but I'm starting to like really enjoy hopping on a new project, learning a new skill, learning a new industry. So it's a nice point in my career. And I'll say, I've done this before. So I am old. So before my MBA, I worked for nine years and I hit a point in my career where I definitely hit this plateau, but the doors weren't opening. So it's, I've hit this, I don't want to say plateau because it's not a plateau right now. It's comfortable though. I'm really enjoying the challenges that I get to choose. And I feel like the doors are opening. So it's just... And I think I have this conversation all the time with one of my friends who he's very talented, did not get an MBA. And he always tells people, oh, you don't need an MBA, don't need an MBA. An MBA transformed my career because the doors, were, they weren't opening anymore. And now in an MBA, like I can walk into any situation. I can walk in with my work experience, the, the school that's on my resume, and the doors are 
they feels like they're still opening. So five years sounds like a long time. It's just created more opportunities for me. Yeah. And that's what, that's why you go, right? Yeah. Or one of the, one of the reasons why you go. And as someone who's slightly ahead of you by a year, I can tell you that <laughs> they'll continue, they'll continue to open and they'll continue to be there. You may not always know what they look like when you, when they hit you, but they will be there. I'm sure of it. Lane, I want to go back to you for a second. So when we talked a little bit about this when you were on my when we recorded an episode for my podcast a couple months ago, but now that you are an MBA student, I also feel like you've been able to see and maybe reflect upon um, all the interactions you've had in the past with other MBA students with a different mindset because you are a student now and you can perhaps maybe understand better even more than you did before about what MBA students were going through now that you're like living through this experience. I am curious to know though, certainly with recruiting, like you've certainly had to make some adjustments and adaptations to recruit during COVID, but just like looking forward, is there anything you hope that you can take with you? from the changes you've had to make versus like things like what's, yeah, what, is there anything that you hope you take with you moving forward versus once COVID's done, okay, we're going to go back to the old way. Is there other new things that you want to bring forward? Definitely. Yeah. There's no going back. So something that I've always grappled with and not just at my current job, but everywhere I've worked is this concept of target schools. When you have to travel, it makes sense. You have, the, you have a finite travel budget and you've got to go somewhere. So let's pull some data. Let's figure out what schools work the best by one framework and go. And what was really great about virtual recruiting is it throws all of that out the window. So we changed our strategy. We had a fully virtual strategy and a, a school agnostic strategy. And we've been able to diversify our candidate pipelines in every single way that you could slice uh, diversity data. And so I don't want that to go away. I want to continue to have a, a more school agnostic approach. When we do travel again, I, I'm still not sure what that actually looks like. So stay tuned. But I, I do want to continue to have some element of a virtual engagement because we have been able to target candidates that we've never really given ourselves access to before. Yeah, I I love that. And I'm glad that this, this, uh, challenging opportunity gave you a chance to really employ something that was different. And certainly the results, you know, speak for themselves. I'm curious from your own perspective, as you think about, you just have finished the, the most recent quarter or as a quarter, or what do you, what do you guys I'm do? on the quarter system. Okay. So what are you looking forward to? What's, what are you excited about? I know it's obviously not what you expected it to be, but what are you looking forward to as you think about the, the next quarter of your MBA experience, or maybe even two quarters where it's, there's even more potential new opportunities that maybe you didn't get a year ago? Yeah, I, I think it, it's, it's all about uh, implementation, like getting from the theory that I learned in the classroom into something tangible that I can do in the workplace. And I some side projects, side hustles, like whatever it may be, um, really excited to apply what I'm learning. Taking my, my, I just finished marketing. Marketing is way more data heavy than I was expecting, which is funny because I've been recruiting for marketing for years. So I'm a marketer. I had to come to realize I'm marketing, I'm marketing open positions. I'm marketing a program. I'm marketing a future. And there's so much that I can apply from my marketing class in the next recruiting cycle. Something unique about university recruiters, as opposed to regular recruiters, is our job is super cyclical. So I'm just finishing up my open positions now. We don't really start recruiting again in the fall, but that gives me a ton of time to apply some of the things that I learned in marketing to my plans for fall recruiting. Yeah. And there you go in terms of being able to take something you learned in the classroom and then being able to apply it to uh, your day job. So that's lovely and perfect. Ben, I want to go back to you for a second. I'd be curious to know just over this past year and just as you think about your career and just also the impact of COVID, are you thinking any differently about just like career development or your career trajectory or just your career path, just in terms of, I guess what I would, the way I would frame it as is that there is this event that we none of us really expected. It got thrown in at us and we all had to figure out how to work through it. But as we think, as you think about your own kind of the changes you had to make, as well as your careers, are, are you looking at your career path differently, your career development differently? Or what are your thoughts on that? Good question, Al. And I'll, get, I'll give you two, two examples that come to mind. And I'm going to caveat this. None of them are, are strictly about how well I do my job. The first 
I think the biggest impact that COVID has had on my career is that it's challenging the travel model in the consulting, in the management consulting industry. And before I had discussions with my wife and it was kind of like, when we want to start a family, we're going to have to figure out how I get off the road, find a different job. And with, with the changes to travel with the pandemic and everything, and we stayed home, that conversation's different. And I think there's going to be more opportunities to still do the job that I do without having to travel. I don't know all the details yet. I don't think the leaders at the, the firm that I work for, I don't think they have the answers and they, I don't think they know what the contours are going to look like, but everybody knows that, hey, we've just proved over the last year that, yeah, we don't have to travel for every every engagement. I think that's the big one, right? That that this work-life balance is a little bit on its head. And I'll say the second one isn't really industry specific. It's more personal to me. My personal brand within my company grew amazingly. And I was struggling a little bit before before the pandemic. I guess in my third and fourth years, it was like, what is my personal brand? Because there was a bunch of people that I work with who are rock stars in different areas. And like you could point to them and be like, oh yeah, they're really good at XYZ. And I looked at myself in the mirror and it's like, what am I really good at? But so we have this annual firm meeting where everybody in the company gets together. It's a smaller company. And so it's not impossible to manage. But so we all get together on the same site. And this time we went virtual. And my COVID hobby has been making cocktails. I used to enjoy drinking cocktails at bars and the different ways that bartenders can mix ingredients together, like a chef, but at a much smaller scale and in liquid form. And so I was just fooling around, experimenting with stuff and read a few books and everything and taught myself the basics. I would message some friends who had some bartending experience. But anyways, so when they're going to do this annual meeting virtually, they looked to me and said, hey, Ben, we've seen on your Instagram that you can mix some cocktails. Do you want to lead this? And I was like, yeah, sure. And it was it turned out to be a bit of a commitment because I had to go through this like 30-minute script. I'd write every, all the script out because everybody's nervous. It was all virtual and they'd never done this before. So can he handle it? Can he pull this off? So I'd write everything out. And then we had rehearse and rehearse. And I and it, it there's different parts and I would tell different stories and we figured out this good rapport with the the MCs of the little of this little cocktail demonstration. We mailed out all the ingredients, everybody picked up their stuff from UPS guy and it was so much fun. I had a blast and I absolutely rocked it. So it wasn't like, oh, I really excelled in this particular uh, industry or, or skill that our, our firm does. No, I threw a great cocktail demonstration. And that carried me through a bunch of different things. Like whenever I would get feedback from my sponsor or from somebody who was running a project and, and he or she was like, oh yeah, I picked you for this opportunity because I saw your great presence at the firm meeting doing the cocktail demonstration. It was like, okay, yeah, I'll take this. And it works. And I think it really opened me up and helped me sell myself a little bit more. Now I'm still going to have to go out there and convince them that I could do the job really well, but it did help me push through whatever was holding me back in terms of getting myself out there and really telling people about who I am and, and what I can do. So that's those things are diametrically opposite, but th those were two big impacts for me on my career from the pandemic. I, I love that story for a couple of reasons. One, I just think it's a great story. Two, the best part about that is that you didn't have to change who you were. You just had to be who you were. Yeah. And I sometimes loathe having the conversation about personal brand just because it is such like a, a buzzword. But I think the best part about really, truly, like that if you were to if you were to tell me that story but didn't tell me that you did it, I'd been like, oh, that sounds like something that Ben would Ben would do and be like really great at. And, but that's the whole point of a personal brand is that like it articulates who you are. And as someone who worked in a very large management consulting firm in the past, I can tell you how it is important to be visible in a good way. And it can be beyond just being the man or woman for X or Y or whatever it is. So I think that's really great. Uh, I was a little disappointed that you say, you didn't say that your personal brand was due to being featured on the NBA Insider podcast. And because they read inside of the book and saw your story there, but I'll take what I can get as long as it helps you grow. I'm sure that was in the subtext, Al. Uh, it always is. Yeah. It, 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 it always is. How about you, Lane? The way that I would phrase this question is now that you've had more than a semester of your MBA under your belt, still plenty of opportunities to learn and grow. But how have you thought about your own kind of career within the context of you've gained a whole new set of learnings, of opportunities, of experiences, probably opened up Pandora's box to more things you can learn. But how are you thinking about your, how have you thought about your career and how it's evolved over the past year? Yeah, great question. So I actually have my cocktail moment 
in a few weeks, I'll be presenting to our global team about the MBA and my journey and the classes that I've taken and what I can carry over to my team. So hopefully that'll showcase a little bit of my personal brand and maybe open some doors. That's exciting. Good luck on your presentation and certainly let me know if I can be of any help. I know that in both cases for both of you, I'm sure you could not have done it alone. And so I want to give you a chance. Give us, if you wouldn't mind maybe sharing or giving a shout out to someone who has positively impacted you over the past year, if you just want to highlight who they are, or just even say thanks or whatever. But I do want to give you a chance to do that. Because I know I could not have survived this past year without all of your help. And I'm sure you couldn't have survived without help as well. So Ben, maybe you anyone you want to give a shout out to or say thank you to the list is long. And I don't think I could cover everyone. Yeah, I think I'm definitely going to give a shout out to my spouse, Anna. She she has helped me when I struggled and helped me practice mixing cocktails. She used to say for a little while that her COVID hobby was tasting cocktails. No, but she's done a ton. She's downstairs right now prepping dinner, and we have discovered new ways to spend seven days a week together, which was unusual for us because I used to be on the road. And so we had to figure out uh, new routines and, and new ground, and it's been a ton of fun. There are certainly a ton of people who have helped me get through this pandemic in large ways and small, but I, I think I just definitely want to call her out. Smart move. Lane, how about you? I know that I'm like rolling out my scroll of people. It's re it is so hard to narrow down. So the broad answer is, is the women in my life have been crushing it in terms of supporting me. So I just like all of the women in my life are so wonderful, but I to narrow it down, I can't just pick one, but two. My boss, Meili Takamatsu is so incredible, so supportive, so understanding as I, I went through some challenging times as everyone did this year. And then my roommate for feeding me all the time. <laughs> that, yeah, and I wanna ask Brad maybe the same question. Obviously, I know you, uh, worked hard this year, but I'm sure you couldn't have gotten through it alone. And so would love to know if you want to maybe give a shout out uh, to someone who has made an impact in a positive way, uh, or really helped you out over this past year, here's your chance to to give the crowd some love. I hate to sound like everyone else. I want to thank so many different people and there's <laughs> too many people to name. I can't thank my family and friends enough being such a support system. My parents and my brother would go out of their way to just make sure that I'm staying in, in good spirits during some of the challenging times of job searching COVID. And then as it relates to McCombs, I think Kara, my career counselor, was definitely the, the first person that comes to mind in terms of just finding that very difficult balance as a career advisor of being optimistic, but also being realistic and playing devil's advocate at all the right times. Those are only a few of the many. I'm in the Kara fan club, so I whole, wholeheartedly support that choice. All right, let's see here. What's the last question I can ask you? Okay. And same question to you, Brad, what are you excited uh, for what's ahead? You know, what's, what's something you're optimistic about or excited about it as you think forward into the next year? It's funny because I'm actually in the process of transitioning roles slightly, still on the same team, but a different opportunity that I'm really excited about. But one thing that I'm excited about the most is not having to, uh, onboarding and learning is exciting and that's how you grow. But I'm excited to really start to get comfortable my role become more confident as a payments practitioner or just an industry practitioner in general, because this is where you really start to hit your stride. The first year, and if you're in payments, honestly, the first couple of years, I say this, but I still have a long way to go. It's just really where you start to gain that momentum and really start to make that tangible impact because you have that foundation now. So that's definitely the thing that excites me the most heading into the next 12 months or so. Just as a follow-up to that, did you think a year ago you would be transitioning into another role just a year later? And if yes or no, I'm asking a rhetorical question, but would love to hear your thoughts on that. And also just what you, uh, based off what you know about just your own career development, what does that mean to you or what do you think about that? Yeah, I think it's when you think about the parts of my new role that will be similar and the parts that will be different, it's how you take what you liked and and apply that in the future. I I'm, would not expect that I would be in a different role 
right now, but it, it's been a really good opportunity because I think some of the leaders in my company have seen the value that I've been able to provide so far, or at least I hope so. And that's kind of where this opportunity came from. That's something that, that really excites me. And when you think about being nimble, no matter what size company you're at, or no matter what organization you're in, sometimes those changes internally are some of the best things that happen for your career. While I definitely wouldn't say I was expecting to make this, this change within a, a year, it was an opportunity that the team saw for me to really step up. And it's something that, that I'm thrilled about. Well, Brad, Jesse, Ben, and Jasmine, thank you so much for joining me today and for coming on this journey with me with the NBA Insider Podcast as we celebrate uh, one year. Uh, thank you for all of your contributions and congratulations on all of your achievements. I'm looking to having you back again very soon. Hi, everyone. LD here. And thank you so much for listening to the NBA Insider Podcast. If you liked what you heard, make sure to head over to Apple Podcasts and to write a review. It will only take 15 seconds. I'd also love to hear what you've been listening to on the podcast and any suggestions you have for how we can improve. Find me on LinkedIn or head over to mbaschooled.com backslash podcast.